All right. Well, we are finishing our Proverbs series this weekend. How many of y'all enjoyed this series? It's been really good studying the book of Proverbs. If you got a Bible, go to Proverbs 17, verse 22. Yes. I want to talk to you this weekend about a happy heart and a beautiful mind. You know, the last couple months, I've just been sensing that so many people need joy and uh, that people just facing heavy situations. And the enemy has been after your heart, after your mind, trying to get you discouraged, overwhelmed, stressed out, afraid, maybe just even complacent, just not, not really living with passion or joy or life. And today is really just a message for you to get your joy back. So Proverbs 17, 22 says, a happy heart, everybody say happy heart, is good medicine. It's good medicine. You know, our kids, they've been battling different things in the last couple months, like earaches, some tummy aches, sometimes, you know, a headache. And when we give them medicine, within hours, they feel better. Medicine just helps you get better. Vitamins, helps your immune system. What Proverbs says is that when you have a happy heart, when you get your heart full of joy, it actually gives medicine to your body. Doctors and scientists have studied that um, joy and happiness and a, a, a cheerful attitude actually leads to a healthier life. Lower blood pressure, uh, less, like, less sickness and disease can grow in a body that's at peace, a body that's carrying a cheerful attitude. These are people that aren't even Christians. They've just discovered that the secret to a healthier, longer life really comes down to a joyful heart. This is what he says, a happy heart is medicine for the soul and a joyful mind, or in this sermon this weekend, a beautiful mind brings healing to your heart. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. So Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today, God, about carrying a happy heart and a beautiful mind. And let us leave with a little more joy than we came in here with. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Joy is an inside job. No matter what we face on the outside, we could choose to have joy. I, I was um, reminded of this story of this 91-year-old man, true story. He was blind. His wife had died. And he was living alone in his apartment in New York City. And none of his family members came to see him after his wife died. He was very much abandoned in that case, and he decided it was probably time for him to move into a nursing home. So he packed up all of his belongings in one big suitcase, kind of walked down the stairs blindly with this cane to get down to the street and then to lift his hand up and try to get a taxi, and this taxi would then take him to the nursing home. When the taxi man came to pick him up, he didn't even get out of the car to help the older man put his suitcase in the car. The older man went ahead and just did it himself. And when he got to the nursing home, the older man starts shouting, Woo-wee! I am so excited. Woo! It's going to be good. It's going to be good. The taxi driver was thinking, what? What? Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? He said, I, I just decided it's going to be a good next season. He said, but you've lost your wife. You have no kids to help you. You're blind. He said, oh, I've already decided it's going to be good. Somebody say it's going to be good. He came into the nursing home. He starts shouting, oh, I can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Can't wait to get in that beautiful room. And the nurses are looking at each other. The people in the nursing home, they're like, it's not really a beautiful room. He goes, I don't have to see it to know it. They said, that's probably good. He's blind, so he's not going to see anything. He said, I've already made up my mind. Somebody say, make up your mind. He said, I've made up my mind. I'm going to be happy 
no matter what. You know, really, happiness and joy is an inside job. It's between the ears. We can make the decision, regardless of what's happening out here, that we're going to choose joy. A couple weeks ago, when the storm hit Tulsa, knocked power out, we made our decision that we were going to still have church in the midst of no power in the room. Why? Because we had power on the inside. You don't need power on the outside if you got power on the inside. You can make it through any kind of storm, any kind of heavy situation. But the enemy is after our joy. The enemy's shooting arrows. You know, I want to ask this question. How many of y'all faced something difficult in the last week? Anyone faced a difficult? Wow, about half the room. Yeah, you're in good company. I guess we all have. How many of y'all faced something very heavy in the last few months or this year, 2023 already? You're like, man, I just faced some heavy stuff. Like things are not... I opened up my news app this past week, and I started seeing news things about France, how they've been just getting reeked and, and, and uh, like tons of um, terrorist attacks. And every day, there's three churches that are getting burned to the ground and jihadists coming in and taking over the country. And watching this stuff on the news, it gets me anxious. I'm, I'm looking at that, and then you read other articles about what's going on in our country. If you read things on social media, you can just feel there's division in our, in our nation. There's division and strife. And before you know it, you can start to just feel heavy, heavy. This is what Proverbs says. In Proverbs 15, or, uh, Proverbs 15, verse 3, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache can crush the spirit. Heartache can crush the spirit. Proverbs 12, verse 25 says, anxiety weighs down your heart. So if you're trying to lose weight, one of the first places to start is getting rid of anxiety. It actually makes you a heavier person, heavier on the inside. Anxiety, it weighs a heart down, but a kind word can cheer you up. So today I'm going to bring a kind word. Proverbs 11:27 says, if you look for good, you'll find favor. But if you search for what's wrong with the world, you'll find it. If you're looking for, for what's wrong with people, what's wrong with America, what's wrong with everybody else, you'll find it. I remember reading this book by Joyce Meyer, uh, you know, a powerful, powerful, well-known speaker. If you don't know who Joyce Meyer is, she's just amazing. She's preached here before many times. But in the book, she said, I was preaching a conference, and the whole conference was about joy. And she said, leading up to the conference... She said there were so many distractions that week, and people were making her frustrated. Her husband was getting on her last nerve, and then she said not, not just him, but her assistant. Everyone around her was just, and she was getting stressed. She was like, guys, just give me a break. I'm trying to prepare a message on joy. <laughs> and she said she was screaming at her husband, and then she, it dawned on her, here I am screaming when I'm about to preach on joy. And they said, yeah, you probably need that message. You probably need to practice that message a little bit more. And she admitted in that book, I love Joyce Meyer's vulnerability. I can relate to that because I'm right there with her. That, that, that oftentimes we allow the cares of life, the stress of relationships, all kinds of heavy things to just weigh our hearts down. And we're angry and we're upset. And we've got to learn to release those things, to find joy in the journey. Somebody say, God loves me. God's still on the throne. God is still good. And I have a reason to rejoice. That's what the enemy doesn't want you to think about. The enemy wants to get us all discouraged, all heavy burden. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I came to give you rest. 
Anyone who's weary, anyone who's exhausted, anyone who's burned out, anyone who's broken down on the inside, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Everybody say rest. Rest. So joy is this inner knowing that God is with me, that God is working all things together for good, no matter what's going on out here. We all go through storms, but the point is to not allow the storms to get inside the boat. It's to make that decision to say, you know, how's this boat going to float through the storm? We're going to keep the water beneath the boat. As soon as the water starts to come in, you start to sink. This is what we got to do with our minds. We've got to continue to bucket out that water of anxiety and worry so that we can keep. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how do we do this? How do we make that decision to have a happy heart, to carry a beautiful mind in a very terrible world? And I'm not saying we can't grieve. I'm not saying we can't have moments where we get a little overwhelmed by life. You know, some people might say, well, Paul, why did God give us the book of Lamentations? Aren't we supposed to, you know, lament But the book of Lamentations is not the whole Bible. The book of Lamentations is just a chapter in the Bible. It's just a a slice in the middle. I'm thankful that the end of this book says that we win and that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. It's okay to grieve. Just don't live in grief your whole life. The Bible says that sorrows last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And joy is your strength. If the enemy can take your joy, he can sap your strength. See, the less joy I have, the less strength I have. The more joy I have, the more strong I am to handle the trials of life. A couple weeks ago, I went to Brazil on a missions trip with my son Liam. And while we were there, there were people just angry in the airport. They were just triggered. They were, like, upset. They were offended. Like, the fact that we were even in the airport made these people mad. They were just like, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to just like walk by without you seeing me because these people that were working, I think they were just overworked. They were exhausted. They were tired and they were mad. And so Liam leans over to me and he goes, daddy, these people are really angry. I go, I know. I said, watch this. He said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to change their attitude. He said, you can't do that. I said, well, I'm going to try. So I smile. I go, how you doing? She goes, what do you want? I go, we're just glad to be here. How's your day going? It's not good. What do you need? I was like, I'm sure you've had a hard day. You know, I'm trying to smile, just like talk to her. And uh, within a couple of minutes, I said, hey, can I pray for you? You all right? And she, she all of a sudden began to change. She said, yeah, just I'm really tired and things have not been working. And this airline company is not paying me. And it like starts telling me all of her troubles. And I said, well, I just pray in Jesus name. It's going to get better. And as I'm smiling and trying to talk cheerful, all of a sudden her demeanor changes. And Liam looks at me after that. He goes, how did you do that? It was like a magic trick. I said, Liam, when you smile, the world smiles back. And he thought about that. What do you mean? I said, when we choose a good attitude, a joyful spirit in the midst of so much triggered people and triggered like angry people, you can change the world with a smile. Smiling adds to your face value too. And laughter is medicine for your soul, but it's also medicine for other people. The world could use some more joy. How many of y'all can see it? You can feel it. You're just like, we're, everybody's on edge. So let's talk about some ways that we can develop a happy heart and a beautiful mind. I think one of the first things that we see in the word of God is rest. Rest. God worked for six days, and on the seventh day, he worked even harder. No, what did he do? 
he rested. And each day he rested because he would work and then he would say, it is good. And it was evening and it was morning. What was going on? God was resting. No, Paul, I think he was staying up sending emails to planet Earth and text messages. And he was telling the moon what to do at 3 a.m. in the morning because he, you know, he's a he's an overworked. No, 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 no. God models rest for us from the very beginning. In Genesis, he says rest. It's a rhythm. It's a boundary. It's a way to protect your heart. It's a way to keep your mind healthy because an overworked person is a stressed out person. An overworked person. There's some people who take pride in how much they work. They're like, I haven't taken a day off in years. And we're like, please take one right now. I've never used my vacation time. And we're like, in Jesus' name, please use your vacation time. Tell the person next to you, take a break. Take a break. Sabbath. God instituted Sabbath. Our family went to Israel years ago. I'll I'll never forget this. They honor the Sabbath greater than any nation because it started in Israel. Right? And so on Sabbath in Israel, nobody does anything. Like they're all outside on a blanket in the park and they're just enjoying life. The birds are chirping. Oh, I tried to get on an elevator on Sabbath. They, the elevators, you can't push a button because pushing a button is work. So they call it the Sabbath elevator. It, it goes to every single floor, which is really bad if you're on the 37th floor. It's going to take about an hour. Just take the stairs. Actually, you can't take the stairs because you're not allowed to work. So you're just going to have to float. But, but it's, it's wild. Like, they really honor the Sabbath. And in America, we are busy, 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 busy. And we pride ourselves in being busy, 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 busy. And we got 30 apps open while we're in church. And we are multitasking, multitasking, multitasking. And no wonder we're triggered. And no wonder we're impatient. And no wonder we're angry. No wonder we're arguing with people on the internet. Somebody say, chill out. Rest. How do I get a happy heart? I take a nap. (laughs) It's biblical. When Elijah was suicidal and depressed, God didn't give him 20 scriptures to memorize. God sent an angel to give him cake, angel cake, and then said, take a nap. It's in 1 Kings 19. You can read the story for yourself. After his nap, Elijah was less suicidal. He was less depressed. He was ready to hear from God. You don't believe me? Read the Bible. God commands us to rest. All right, here's the second thing. Receive God's forgiveness. How do you have a happy heart? So many people are carrying condemnation, just shame, just regrets. Receive God's forgiveness. He's forgiven you. Now you need to forgive yourself. Romans 8, 1 says, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Love helps you to sleep a little bit better. Mercy reminds you God has forgiven you. Receive that mercy. Stop beating yourself up for past mistakes. Sometimes we overanalyze how bad we've missed it and we keep thinking, I got to stay on the hamster wheel to try to pay for all the mistakes I did. And God's saying, no, 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 no. I forgave you. Now you need to forgive yourself. And that'll help you to forgive others too. Thirdly, we got to get outside. Get outside and enjoy God's creation. This is, this is like God gave Adam the garden and he said, I want you to enjoy this. I want you to Go outside, climb a tree, climb a mountain, jump in a river, swim in a pond, go fishing. I went fishing last week. I caught a bass, y'all. Caught a three-pound bass. It felt good. My son, he caught a perch. My fish was bigger than his fish. I felt it was a competition. <laughs> but it was, it was, you know, we need to get outside more. 
Our world is so inside, we're so online, we're so trapped to our phones, we just need to put it down and go outside, watch the fireworks this week, sit down, look at the stars. Last night it was a full moon. Just go outside and appreciate God's creation. A week and a half ago, we were outside and my grand-grand was 90, 99 and a half years old. She said, I'm gonna jump in the pool. And we all swam together with grand-grand. And I, here's a picture of us, there we are outside. And huge smile on her face. What is that? That's, there's something about getting outside that helps you to actually change your mindset. The battle is between the ears. And sometimes we think, okay, the way to, to get a better, better mind is to read 100 scriptures, memorize them, say them. It's good to memorize scripture, but it's also good to live scripture. And so many of the scriptures command us to go outside and enjoy God's creation. Go for a hike. Go camping. Go do something that gets your soul feeling alive with God's earth that he's given us. Fourthly, keep a thankful heart. Grateful people are happier people. When I, when I count my blessings, I remember watching that movie White Christmas growing up. And uh, there's this moment where Bing Crosby is sitting with the girl. And he's, he's, he's tired, but he can't go to sleep. And they're sitting in the kitchen. And he starts singing. When I'm worried and I can't sleep. I count my blessings instead of sheep, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. When you're worried and you can't sleep, just count your blessings instead of sheep. You'll fall asleep counting your blessings. There's a little Sharon Darty for you right there. It runs in the family. I don't have the pipes she has, but I can sing a little bit. But what I'm trying to say is count your blessings. So often we get frustrated and we're overwhelmed and we're like, Paul, everything's wrong and our pet's heads are falling off and it's crazy out here. And we just need to calm down and go, wait, there's a lot more good things to celebrate than there are bad things to complain about and, and, and leave bad reviews everywhere we go. Be thankful. I remember watching a movie when I was younger called Pollyanna. And Pollyanna was, there was this girl named Haley Mills. You guys remember Haley Mills? I said her name wrong in the last service, but Haley Mills. There's this moment where she's like, they would play this game called the Glad Game. And this friend comes in and she goes, Pollyanna, you know, Pollyanna had gotten hurt. She was having a bad day. She was stressed out. She was moody. She was angry. And her friend comes in and says, let's play the Glad Game. Pollyanna goes, I don't want to play the Glad Game. And her friend is like, come on, let's, we got something to be thankful for. She's like, no, I don't. I don't have anything to be glad about. She's kind of like an Australian accent. But anyways, <laughs> let's put another shrimp on the bobby. Here we go. Find opportunities to serve others. Find opportunities to serve. My friend Dick Webster, out there. He's just out there serving. And he's in his late 80s. And the more he serves, when I was out there, he was greeting people, opening the door. And he said, Paul, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. How's your family doing? I said, hey, hey, let me check up on you. I'm the pastor here. He goes, no, 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 let me check up on you. How are you doing? How's grand grand? How's your mom? And I knew what he was doing. Here he was. He was caring for me. Just got a pastoral heart. But you could tell that it gave him life to check up on other people. See, the more self-centered we are, the more restless, worried, and anxious we are. The more we use our phones to check up on other people instead of always looking at ourselves, the more happier we're going to be. Look for ways to serve other people this week. Look for ways to encourage someone else. Look for ways to speak life. Find a way to open the door for someone. Check up on them. All right, let's keep going. Don't stop being a giver. Givers are happier. Givers have a beautiful mind. Looking for ways to bless other people. All right, next one. Let's laugh a little bit more. It's scriptural to laugh. 
You know, laughter is medicine for your life. You need to send each other some funny videos. I've got a group of friends. We'll just send each other funny videos just to laugh out loud. I was watching a video not too long ago of my mom, and she was singing about laughter. And I was reminded I grew up with a very unique mom. And um, I grew up in a very unique house. And uh, anyways, when I was watching this video, y'all want to see the video? Okay, she sings about laughter. All right, just check this out because she starts laughing in this and I'm like, this is hilarious. Check this out. If you know the song, sing along. The joy of the Lord is our strength. As we rejoice in the Lord, we receive strength. A merry heart, it's like a medicine to us. Let's take our medicine right now. Ha <laughs> ha! Just come along and laugh with me. got it. Guys, can we give it up for Pastor Sharon? Just her merry heart. I love you, Mom. Uh, The video is pretty funny, though, because it keeps going, and my dad's just looking at the crowd. The crowd is just like this. And my mom's pressing through. She was a warrior. Like, she would press through. She would get some bad facial expressions, but she just pressed through. You know, we need to laugh more. We, We really do. We need to lighten up. We, we need to take ourselves less seriously. We need to laugh at ourselves. I, w- I was shaving a couple years ago for the first time, and I grew up with really, like, not very much facial hair. I got 336 hairs on my chin, 167 on my mustache. But I remember when I first started getting some facial hair, and I was really pumped, and I shaved, but I didn't really know how to shave, and I was, like, 29 or 30-something years old. And, and so I cut myself shaving right before I was about to preach, and I couldn't stop the blood from coming. Like, it just kept on coming down. I was like, I can't preach like this. So I put a little tissue there, and um, the tissue stayed there while I walked out. And there was a really famous person here at church that day. I don't know why I cared about it, but he was there. I walk up to him to shake his hand, and he was like, hey, you got something right here. I was like, I know. I was like, I I just shaved for the first time. And he's like... I was so embarrassed, and then I just started laughing. You just got to take yourself less seriously. You need to laugh at yourself. You need to enjoy life. It's good for us. All right, I want the band to come up. Let's talk about these last few points. Pray your way into joy. Sometimes you really do need to pray your way. Sometimes you're facing something that's so heavy, the only way through it is to pray. And when you pray, don't pray for more seriousness in your life. Pray for joy. I don't think God's going, hey, I know you're really stressed about this. It's overwhelming you. You can't sleep at night. You can't even eat. And, and as you pray, I want you to even worry more. Like God's not up in heaven going, as you pray, I pray more anxiety on your life tonight. No, no, no. God's going, as you pray, give it to God. Peter says, when you pray, 
cast your cares to the Lord. Paul says in Philippians 4, anxiety, give it to the Lord. Petitions of prayer, give all your anxious thoughts. If you're worried about something, worry doesn't add a day to your life. There was a comedian, famous comedian named Joey Grimaldi. This was in the early 1900s. He was doing a comedy tour, and um, he was losing strength on the tour. He was getting just burned out, worn down, and he went to go see this doctor that was in town. This was like New York City. He goes to see this doctor and tells the doctor. The doctor doesn't even know who he is. The doctor is like listening to him, and he says, you know, I'm in really bad condition. The doctor checks up on him, and he's like, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 30. He goes, you look like you're 60. And he said, I know, I think I've been aging very fast because I, I, my work has taken a toll on me, on my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health. And the doctor said, you should go see this comedian that's in town. And he's like, yeah, who is it? And he goes, his name's Joey Grimaldi. And he's like, that's me. And he goes, what? You don't look like him on the poster. And he said, I know, I'm, I'm like burned out. And this is what worry does. Worry makes us age faster. It, it leads to greater health problems. Like, why pray for more anxiety, more intensity, more... Si I, I understand that you want to pray and you take, take life seriously, but in those prayers, find a way to give it to God. And say, God, I really can't control what's next, so Lord, help me to have joy, because life is too short to waste it, stressed out, burned out, triggered, angry at everybody, overwhelmed, aging 20 times faster than you should, loosen up. Let's talk about praise and worship. Praise and worship is a way to get the joy back in your heart. Praise and worship your way out of worry and despair. We're going to do that here in just a minute. Rediscover who you are in Christ. Remember who you were before all this happened. Like, remember who you were. I like to go back to when I was a kid, and I wasn't married, I didn't have children, and I wasn't the pastor of victory. I just go back. Who was I when I was eight or nine years old? I was this wild boy that chased lizards, that jumped in rivers, and I still do it today. Why? Because we need to keep the kid alive inside of us. Never lose the kid in you. There was a movie in the 90s that came out with Bruce Willis called The Kid. And he's this angry, triggered, 44-year-old man that is afraid to propose to his girlfriend because he's stopped taking risks. He stopped laughing. He's really rich, but he's miserable. By the way, you can live in the nicest house, drive the nicest car, make more money than all your friends, and be miserable. Be miserable. <laughs> and that was him until he meets this kid in the movie. And he starts following this kid, and he's like, who is this kid? He realizes the kid is him. He's having this open vision where he meets who he was before his parents divorced, before he was bullied, before he watched bullies abuse his dog. And in the movie, you're like, whoa, this kid went through some trauma at age nine and 10. And in that traumatic season of age nine and 10, he grew up really fast and he stopped being a kid. He lost the childlike joy and the childlike awe and wonder. And I think some of that has happened to some people in the room where you go, man, I just had to grow up fast. Like I had to raise the family at age 14. I had a kid when I was 15. I didn't know what to do. I just, I lost my joy. I, I haven't laughed in a while. I've been stressed out. And finally, at the end of the movie, Bruce Willis finds that kid again on the inside of him. And he, he finally starts laughing again and, and enjoying life. I remember watching that and just thinking, I think so many people need to rediscover who you were before all the trauma happened. You need to remember who you are in Christ. God had a plan for you. Before, before the devil could do anything to you, God already had a purpose and a plan. You are here on purpose because you have a purpose. God has an identity for you. Attitude determines your altitude. Attitude is major. It's major. There was a true story called Life is Beautiful. It was turned into a movie. It was a book. It was about a, an Italian family during Hitler's time, World War II. 
they were first forced to wash the sidewalks with their toothbrushes because they were a Jewish family and all of the Germans, all the Nazis during that time humiliated Jews. Then they were taken away from their business. They shut down all the Jews' companies during that time and then they loaded them up on a train and they sent them to concentration camps where there were gas chambers and the Holocaust began to happen where millions of Jews were killed because of a very wicked leader, Hitler. But this man tells this story. He carried an attitude of joy through the whole process. And he would play this game with his son. And uh, the movie, I mean, you're just in tears because the man was like a comedian and he was funny and he would make his son laugh and he would say, we're going to get through this. And at the end of the game, there's going to be these tanks that come in and the tanks are going to save you. And all you got to do is keep hiding and running from the Nazis. And the boy is laughing like it's all fun. But the father knows this is a very stressful situation. Somehow the father was able to keep his composure while he was watching his friends get shot next to him. And the son, he protected the son from feeling overwhelmed with depression and discouragement and a broken spirit. Why? Because Proverbs says a merry heart is medicine. A beautiful mind brings healing to the soul, but a crushed spirit, who can, who can bear a crushed spirit? You got to keep your spirit unbreakable. Somehow, by the end of the movie, the father dies, but the son makes it through, and he gets rescued by the tanks, and the boy's smiling, and you're weeping because you realize this father painted a picture of a world that we all wish was true, a world that was full of life and joy and wonder, and yet it was surrounded by all kinds of terrible circumstances. And it got me thinking, we have a choice. We can either allow the terrible circumstances of life to rule and reign our spirit pass it on to our kids, make them all stressed out. And then they raise kids, they're all stressed out. And then we're all on Xanax and we're all trying to just, you know, make it through. We're all taking antidepressants and we're all overwhelmed with life. And, or we could pass on to the next generation. Even in a harsh world, God is good. There's still a reason to smile. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. And would you stand your feet all over this place? You can choose joy. Even no, ma no matter what's going on around you, you could choose joy. Jesus said, the joy I give you, the devil can't take it away. That's John 17. This is a promise from Jesus. Joy is a promise. But joy is also my choice. I have to choose. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, choose to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You might be here today and go, Paul, I, I just lost a child. I just lost my spouse. I just lost my job. I just walked through painful things. I just faced a very heavy situation. How am I supposed to have joy in the midst of this? And I understand because I've been there. I've been there. And it really is a, a decision on the inside to say, God, I'm going to grieve, but I'm going to give my cares to you. God, I'm going to weep, but I'm going to believe that joy is coming in the morning. David had walked through the loss of his child and the realization that he had committed a very dark sin against God. And in the midst of feeling overwhelmed with guilt and shame and regret and then loss of this new baby boy he just had, in the midst of all of it, he goes to the temple and he begins to weep, begins to cry. He asks God to bring that boy back to life and nothing changes. Then he gets up, he washes his face. He sits down at the table and he begins to eat a meal. After that meal, he takes a long nap, and then he writes Psalm 51. He sits in his bedroom, and he says, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. There was something that David was realizing is that I can't change the past, but from this day forward, I'm asking God to restore what was stolen. 
to restore that joy. And God began to bring joy back into David's life. God began to give him peace again. I believe there's people in the room today, you need joy restored. You've been walking through some heavy things. You just need the Lord to restore a sense of joy and peace and grace that whatever it is you have faced or are facing right now, God is still good. He loves you. He's with you. He's going to give you strength. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Would you just close your eyes all over this place? I want to pray for you. If you're here today and you need to walk in some greater joy, you need to release some stress, some worry, some care, some heavy burdens to the Lord this morning. I want you to raise your hand all over this room today. Yeah, God's talking to you. God had some mail for you today. He's dropping it off. He's saying, I, I want to give you joy again, sir. I want to help you to laugh again, ma'am. I want you to stop stressing out about so many things right now. The Lord is saying, I want to relieve that. Come to me, all who are weary, all who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. I believe this week God's telling you, take some rest this week. Take some days to just heal in Jesus' name. If you raised your hand or you should have raised your hand or you wanted to raise your hand, would you leave your seat? Come and join me at this altar. And we're just going to worship out of worry this morning. We're going to begin to praise our way out of panic and anxiety. We're going to begin to give it to the Lord this morning. If you're here today and you need to get right with God, come and join us at the altar. If you need to surrender to Jesus, come and join us at this altar. If you need his healing, his forgiveness, his freedom from something, come and join us at this altar. Altar. Lamar, would you just lead us? Let's just begin to worship God all over this room. Let's begin to speak his name. Oh, you speak your name. Jesus. We speak your Jesus. name.
on your own best way to fight it is in worship and prayer giving it to God casting your cares to the Lord God says it's okay to take a rest he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God says, you can trust me. You can rest. When David was discouraged one time in 1 Samuel 30, people were talking about killing him because he had made a big mistake in their eyes. And the Bible says in verse 6, he began to strengthen himself in the Lord. He began to encourage himself in the Lord. When no one else is encouraging you, you can encourage yourself. You can just begin to speak it over your mind. I am a child of God. God is not finished with me yet. My best days are still in front of me. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. He who started this work in me will be faithful to complete it. I'm more than a conqueror. Greater is he that lives in me than he that's in this world. Whatever scripture you need to speak and, and begin to declare, just renew your mind. And begin to give it to the Lord. God, I just thank you for your joy. God, for your grace, your peace. God, I pray, Lord, that this week, God, your people right here, your church in Tulsa, 
God, your church victory this week, Lord, you'd give them extra laughter this week, that they would find themselves laughing more than they have in the last several weeks, months, maybe last several years. I pray for that man that's been trapped in depression in a basement in his mind, that this week he's going to come out. God, he's coming out of that depression. I thank you. He's snapping out of it in Jesus' name. I pray for that mom in the room that's just been stressed. She's been overwhelmed. She's been so anxious. She's been so afraid and so just feeling helpless in a situation. I thank you this week, God, she's going to get her joy back. She's going to get her strength as she begins to rejoice. She's taken authority over her mind. She's going to begin to just sing worship songs. She's going to begin to just pray it out. She's going to begin to feel in her heart just lifted out of that burden. The prophet Isaiah said that he gives us the oil of joy. He gives us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. That, that, that God wants to give us beauty for our ashes. So this morning, I just thank you, God, that you are trading our sorrows this morning. We're trading in our sorrows for your joy, for your peace, God. And Lord, we're going to begin to sing. We're going to begin to laugh. We're going to begin to dance. God, even this week, I pray for people that just feel overworked, God, that they would feel the freedom to take a day of rest. God, that they would go outside, watch those fireworks, and remember that you are with them, and you are for them, and you are working all things together for good. In Jesus' name. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I give you every worry, every anxious thought, and I receive your peace, your joy, which is my strength. I receive your forgiveness, and I choose to forgive myself and others. Lord, I trust in you. Thank you, Lord, for more joy. In Jesus' name, amen.